Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown, the sports talk and real estate podcast amongst friends from around the country. Tonight on the show, the baseball season might be over Tuesday night, but Bill and Anthony hope for one day more. The Big Ten is back, and Indiana brings the two-point confusion. The Steelers keep the champagne bottles corked in Miami for another week, and the course record at Piners number two is still intact. Before we get started on this week's sports, let's meet the boys. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida. Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. And Anthony Malafronte in Tampa. Let's go around the horn. Talk, start with you, Bill. How was your weekend? My week, my weekend was like um, a couple of other guys on this podcast weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, we had a wonderful opportunity. Thanks to Scott Lincecum, Lori Davis, uh, up at um, Better Homes and Garden Realty in Pinehurst. It's a beautiful day in Pinehurst. It's always a beautiful day in Pinehurst. And we were able to go up there and have a great three-day trip filled with golf and fun and laughter and, uh, and good times and friendship and relationships. So I, it was a, one of my best weekends in a long time. Super cool. Awesome. Todd, how about you, man? Uh, good. I'm the, um, I'm the, uh, one of the, uh, one of the one that didn't enjoy Pinehurst, but super <laughs> happy, super happy that you boys, uh, had a great weekend and, uh, felt that you kept me, uh, in the moment with, uh, your, your texts. Um, so it was awesome. But you did to, have a couple uh, guests. You did have a couple guests in your house this weekend, right? I did. Yeah. Super, um, uh, super excited to, to follow you guys along, but I did have, um, um Scott and Kate with me in quotes, but I'm learning when they're 17, almost 18, and 16, um, they're uh, they're more in spirit than actual the physical part of them. But no, it was great. Uh, had had Scott and Kate there. Um, hey, be quiet between us, listeners. Don't listen. I had a head cold this weekend, right? So I pretty much had to lay low. Uh, I uh, talked to my buddies who I normally play pickleball with, and I'm like, I don't want to be accused of. of of uh, spreading COVID to everyone in the world. So I really did lay low, didn't do much this weekend other than uh, hang out with the kids a little bit and watch, watch a ton of sports. So it was a good relaxing weekend. Love seeing your all's uh, tweets and, uh, and texts about Pinehurst. And I want to hear about it uh, very soon, but I appreciate it. Anthony, what about you? Well, <clears throat> kind of lived out a, a huge bucket list item, uh, being in a place where uh, with, with Bill and Sean and, and, and Scotty Euler, big shout out to him for coming down. Thanks for coming down from Cincinnati and uh, the folks at Better Homes and Gardens in, uh, in Pinehurst. It was all wonderful meeting some new people, networking a little bit, but you know, just being in a place where everyone's intent is the same. Uh, for two days at, at Pinehurst and then the third day, even at the Country Club of North Carolina, um, Piners is an amazing place. There, there's so much going on. Uh, the putting green, the putting green is amazing. Uh, the cradle was a, maybe the funnest nine holes I've played in a long time. Uh, uh, and it just, it just was a great place to be surrounded by so many people with the exact same intent. Everybody was happy. Everybody was having a good time. And it was, it was pretty special. Pretty special. Yeah, so so I had a great week, guys. As you know, I started my week a little earlier than you guys. I, I headed down to Knoxville, Tennessee for my first uh, live speaking event since the COVID uh, pandemic started. Uh, it was nice. well done. It was uh, nicely attended. It was spatially distanced. 
Uh, majority of the people in the, not a majority, a, a large minority, but a, a, you know, qu quite a few people sat there during the class with masks on, which was, and everyone was respectable. Um, but I think people just felt good being back. And it was neat for me as a speaker, when you say the joke and, the, and you can see the laughter, not just hear it, um, you know, like on a Zoom call, you can sort of see some people paying attention. You see people taking notes. You see the impact your words have on people. So that was fun. Then I slid over, got some advice from my buddy Todd on some places to visit in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, gave me a couple good ones there. I uh, really enjoyed Wicked Weed. Uh, that was my second so first stop time after there? going to Green Man and then One Nation. And then I finished the night at Burial. Uh, certainly would be a good spot to do maybe a live stare down episode. Um, was that your first time at Wicked Weed, Sean? It was my first time in Asheville. Uh, uh, yeah, what a cool little place, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. And just when you pull up on your on your phone and you pinch in to see what else is nearby and there's four or five breweries on the screen at a time. Um, super cool. And then I, I drove over to Pinehurst, got there a little bit early, got the house stock, stocked up with some beer and snacks. So when the boys arrived, everything was ready to go. Fun time, as, as Anthony said, you know, we kind of dubbed it the adult Disney world. Everyone's there with a purpose, yet there are, because, because of the vastness of the putting course and the cradle, the tourists, the little kids can come out and putt. And, you know, just to, when you walk through the hallway at the clubhouse, Todd, let me give you an idea. Um, I'm not sure what Windermere's clubhouse setup is, but Pinehurst, you walk in and you got about a, I don't know, guys, about 150 yard hallway, maybe, probably, maybe yeah, a little bit longer. Least, yep. And literally on every, every, every wall is pictures and memorabilia of events that were there, whether it was the U.S. Open when Danny Lee won, or U.S. Amateur when Danny Lee won. Obviously, Payne Stewart is the kind of the centerpiece of the, the you know, that was the first U.S. Open there uh, in modern times. Um, they're hosting again in 2024. Just to see the setup, uh, Todd, I talked about it in my blog today, nine courses at just the Pinehurst area, five serviced right out of that main clubhouse. You have one, three, four, two, and uh, one, one, two, and, three. And two. Two's the famous one, right? Where they play the yeah. Oh, five. Five's that one. One through five. Yeah, number two is the, the famous one, Todd. And we played that one yep. on Saturday. Um, but just everything about it. And I, I, I want to take a second for Bill and Anthony and us to talk about our experience from the first tee on because we took caddies. And hey, Sean, before before you get in that, and I don't want to uh, interrupt your mojo, but you asked about Windermere. Um, Windermere is not a country club. Windermere is a club in the country, as we like to say. So okay. a lot of the a lot of the members are like, we need bit locker rooms, this, that, and the other. We're like, dude, we're just a nice little golf course in the middle, in the middle of nowhere. So anyway, so it's all a little good. tiny pro shop and, and get out to play. Right on. Um, but Bill, you know, that first day we're hitting balls. We were just told the caddies will meet you. We get there and they they bring our our clubs out and this the host I think his name was John he says gentlemen this will be the last time you touch your bag the rest of the day uh, your caddies will take it from here and they'll meet you at the first tee so take out the clubs you want to hit on the range and we'll, you'll meet your caddies on the first tee and so we had you know kind of a long wait uh, not a long wait but just a wait because you know everybody's taking their time everybody's hitting two balls out the first tee not everybody Bill Bill hit his straight so he didn't have to hit two um, <laughs> but uh, we had caddies Scott and I had Gary. And Bill and Anthony had Fred, and it was a uh, Bill. Just your thoughts on on the caddy experience? Yeah, it's, I, I've had the good fortune of doing that before, you know, at a couple other places. And there is, I don't. I was trying to figure out a way to describe it. You know, I don't. I don't know how to. For people that aren't golfers, how do they? How do you? What's that analogy? You know, and I and I thought it would be like 
it's like it's like winning you know a 21 zip in a pickleball match i mean it's just it's so i'm just kidding <laughs> sorry todd i mean it was oh, good i mean there's um when you're walking down a fairway uh, and the caddy you're having to chat with the caddy and you're talking about life and stuff and you're just in the most beautiful place it, it's uh it was it's just an incredible experience so i think it's I've, I've, uh, if there's a caddy avail option available, I always say yes. Is, uh, is, is the caddy's course knowledge just unbelievable? Like, well, what do you, <laughs> let, let me, let me point something out, Todd. Uh, these, are, these aren't, these aren't like, so that, that was a country club. That was a softball question. I guess it would yeah. be like watching, that would be like watching an NFL game either on mute or having Tony Romo explaining yeah. to you what's yeah. going on, yeah. right? Well, yeah, like, so. I, I, you know, these aren't, these aren't 15 year old, 14 year old kids getting 30 bucks for the weekend at a country club. Th these are, these are their, these guys' careers. And, you know, they're looping two bags a day, sometimes 36, but not often uh, in the summertime. But, but Bill, just continue with, or- I mean, look, you talked that. about how, how much help a caddy was on the course. There were multiple times for all three of us where you look at your putt and you kind of figure out, yeah, it's gonna be out here. It's gonna break about two feet from the left, you know, and it's gonna break to the right. And then your caddy would walk out there and would go 10 feet on the other side of the hole and go hit it over here. And you're just like, what? <laughs> and guess what you did, Todd? You hit it over there, and it tracked right towards the hole. So and, and local course knowledge at most courses is important. But Sean said this: you know, those were the toughest green complexes I think any of us have ever played. They're so penal with just a little bit of a mishit with the sloped edges, the turtle back, or the you know whatever you want to call it. They're just the waste areas that so hard. It, and the caddies were. It, we, we actually had the same caddies both days. We liked them so much. The first day we said, hey, can you be here tomorrow for tomorrow's round? And so we had the same. And I imagine, and I imagine Fred watched you and Anthony putt. So he knew when you were lining up to put you 10 feet over this way, where Anthony, it may have been <laughs> seven, based on speed of putt and if you like to, 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 to ram it or not. Yeah, those guys are amazing, right? It was, they were great. Yeah, before, Mal, we, before we go to Mal, let me, let me point out, Todd, there was a, a vicious hole that Bill paid attention to the caddy. I paid attention. I just didn't execute as the issue. There's two parts. There's paying attention and execution. My putt went too hard. It tied. It ended up 70 feet back in the fairway after it rolled all the way across the green, down the hill. It's just one of those ones where you just watched it roll and just roll. And, yeah. yeah. And now you're, what, what was your thoughts on your, your buddy, Fred, uh, who I think you fell in love with by the third hole. <laughs> he, he's quite a character. I, I, he, he spoke to me on Sunday when he wasn't there. I, can, I could, could hear him, you know, pard, you need to do this, pard, set your shoulders first, not your feet first, right? Wow. Um, wow. A couple of times when he said to me, as Bill was saying, I'm looking at a putt and I think I have to hit it pretty straight, maybe a three or four foot break. Um, at what, The hole that Sean putted off the green, he said to me, put it at the bags. And I kid you not, the bags were 20 feet to the left of where I was aiming. 20 feet, not, not another five degrees. It was pretty far away. And he was right on. Uh, it's the way the game should be played, really. We had an opportunity to talk amongst ourselves, to learn about them. How great was it walking up, whatever hole it was, 17 or 18? And there's all six of us walking up the fairway, drinking a beer. Um, it was, it was a, a great experience. 
those guys were they were awesome uh and uh i as bill said it's it i i do it again in a heartbeat with the with the caddy i've had the good fortune of playing with caddies once in a while and it's the best way to experience the game yeah todd it was a cool moment we're uh we're on hole number seven uh we start on the back nine on number two so we're finishing up our second round with these guys and uh the first day they they had let us buy him a beer uh they're adults you know they're not little kids and uh so on the on the seventh hole which was our 16th hole the beer lady comes by scott and i were ready for beer we were getting our butt kicked by these guys so we went over to get beers and i, I yelled to bill i said you want a beer and he says no and i said mal i said you want a beer and he says eh, no we're almost done so i said to fred his caddy i said Fred, you want a beer? And Fred just raised his thumb up, said, yep. And then Anthony, a second layer says, Sean, if Fred's having a beer, I'm having a beer with him. And Bill yells up from by the edge of the green, and then I'm having a beer with him too. And we, all six of us sat on the next tee and, and enjoyed a beer. And it was just a, just a cool experience. And Bill, Bill, I'll let you tell the story of uh, your great birdie on eight, but, but tell, tell, tell Todd the story of how the round finished. So, um, we started on, on, as you, as you mentioned, on, on Pinehurst number two, we started on number 10, which they have to kind of, you take your card out to a, to that, to the 10th tee box area. And there's a little um, starter station because they, they'll go off in waves a lot. Scott Euler is a 14 handicap and, and, and Scott was having a rough day on Pinehurst number two. Um, and so, you know, I ended up birdieing number eight, which was exciting. The birdie was exciting. And uh, once again, a great read from Fred and we head off to the ninth. And it's a long par three, about 160-ish, you know, it's kind of a forced carry. You have to get it up on, on top of the green. And, and Scott gets up there and just pures, I'm going to guess it was like a six iron, uh, drops it on the green about, I don't know, 30 feet left of the pin. Uh, great shot. And he doesn't have a par yet in the whole day. So he goes up to, as they're walking up there, and I can hear him talking to Gary, the caddy saying, Gary, I just want a par. I got to get a par. And Gary goes, F that, we're going to get a birdie. And he's like, dude, I just want a par. Let's shoot for the hula hoop. <laughs> Let's put it inside the hula hoop. And Gary's like, no, we're going to make this. And gives him the read and he hits it. It's on the But tells him why line. he wanted to, tells him why, tell, tell Todd why he wanted him to make the two so bad. Oh, well then, well then, yeah, Gary, Gary said to him, he goes, dude, you need a birdie because you'll get a two on two, which is the four par threes on Pinehurst number two. If you get mm -hmm. a two on two, you get a little kind of a gold ball marker that says you got a two on two and I'll drink Beautiful. to that on the other side. It's really cool. And so yeah. Gary, we got to get you, we got to get you the ball marker. We got to get it for you. And sure enough, just, just as you would expect it to happen, the putt goes down the hill, trickles down the hill, dead center drops in the cup. Scott goes nuts with, with our, our host, Scott Lincecum with his cat, I'm sorry, his videographer there videotaping the whole thing, the putt, Scott going nuts, the whole nine yards. It was just amazing. And so I, I always, it was uh, Sean took, took uh, Scott inside. They actually had to go to the bar and you show your scorecard when they see that too on, on the, uh, for him on the ninth hole, hand it over the, the little chip. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, fun. it was, I think it, look, it obviously made Scott's weekend without a doubt. I mean, it was perfect. Yeah, that's sure. awesome well let's talk some sports guy let's let's get todd back in here it was a great time and uh and uh hopefully we, we get a chance to do it again so thanks todd for indulging um guys let's start with at least for two of us really we're all paying attention uh but let's start with the world series um uh, three to two as we head to game six uh you know I, we could probably start with game four 
and game five uh, because game four obviously was a, was a turning point where it looked like it was going to be three to one Dodgers until the ninth inning where it just, you know, it is what sports is all about. It just, it's not over till it's over. Todd, I know you were watching uh, just your thoughts on the, on what happened there at the end of the of game four. So, yeah, um, <clears throat> you're right, Sean. And the, the beauty of baseball, and I think we've talked about it. And if we haven't on this, I'm sure it's well understood is there's, there's no clock. There's 27 outs you must get to win. Right. So um, if I remember correctly, Tampa was down uh, a run and, and uh, men on, I want to say men on first and second base hit Dodgers. Uh, was it, is it Bellinger in center field? Help me out, Bill. Who's it was, uh, uh, Chris who, Taylor who made that mistake. Yeah. And, and, and I, so, so I guess it was uh, the, the catcher was trying to, was, am I mixing up my place? Was it a stolen base or was it just a straight base hit? No, straight base hit, yeah. Straight base hit, okay, yeah. He was trying to come so he, up and yeah. he was trying. To, he tried to swipe tag him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Not anyway, there. it was it was a muff. Um, anyway, it, everyone's seen it. It's an amazing play in that five different things happened. You're like, ooh ah, ooh ah, ooh ah. I found both sides, right? So um, the 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 Rays uh, rookie who's amazing, and I can't pronounce his name. Um, a Rosarena. A Rosarena, yeah. He stumbles going around third, um, and he's dead to rights, and uh, the, the ball gets away from the catcher. It was just – I know I explained it horribly, and I want you one of you all to explain it better, but it was just one of those plays. I'm sitting up with Kate watching. We're like, what just happened? What just happened? I think I text you guys, oh, my God, oh, my God. Two muffs, uh, two muffs in one play, two errors in one play. Uh, Rays come back from being dead to rights to, to stealing game four and, and causing game five. So it was – Truly amazing. Yeah, I, I would say that whole game, and I'm going to all be very transparent here. I fell asleep listening to the game at the top of the ninth. I woke up at 1.30 and watched all the video replays. <laughs> I was right. tired. But but the it was the back and forth good leading up to that, right? How many lead changes happened in that game? It was just oh, back and uh, forth and back and forth. I mean, it was an amazing game. Seven straight innings where, or half innings where there was – uh, yeah, back and forth. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, so it's already being talked about by a lot of people that I've listened to on the radio. You know, about one of the greatest World Series games of all time, just for that excitement and the tension. You know, so that's and, cool. And the best part that I, and again, I totally uh, muffed the description. But was it um, uh, Daniels? Brett Daniels? Was that the the oh, Rays? Phillips. Brent Phillips. Brett Phillips. Oh my gosh, this is uh, Francisco Cabrera from the Braves in in '92, right? <laughs> the last guy on the bench. Um, who, who came and, and had that clutch miracle hit. And he was, he was emotional two after, strikes. right? Two yeah, strikes, two yeah. strikes, unbelievable. Two so outs, two really strikes. cool. And then, you know, there's some excitement from, from the two guys, Todd, and on the podcast. You know, they're going game five with a chance to swing it. You know, really all the pressure was on the Dodgers. You got Kershaw on the mound with all of his postseason foibles. Um, you know, clearly well, he's 2-0 two, two and oh in this World Series, right? Yeah, so good. Good for him. Even though you're rooting against the Dodgers, uh, yep. what a good story for him to to get two wins. Oh no, for sure. But but I was saying going in to that game yeah. last night, you know, knowing all the things that might be going on in the background of his head with his postseason stumbles, let's just say. Sure. Um, 
his fault, not always his fault, but um, you know, uh, sometimes lack of run support uh, at the at the wrong time, or, or but, a trash can, or a trash can or two in the World Series. But he pitched great, and listen, that I think Bill and Anthony are they, they watch they watch the Dodgers at bats like this because every single guy there can take him yard, and pretty much I think everyone has. It's like a bingo chart of the nine main players. I mean you know, Seeger and Bellinger and, and uh, Turner and yeah. Muncy. Max at first base. Yeah. Muncy. And, yeah. And Kiki, you know, Kiki uh, Hernandez, yeah, Hernandez. Just, yep. you know, they're, they're just, yeah, they're such oh, a who? good team. Who? Yeah. 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 One through nine. They're just an amazing team. And uh, uh, Bill, we, we texted back and forth a little bit. Um, first time in a long time, someone tried to steal home. Uh, and Kershaw has such a wonky, slow windup that I didn't hate it, right? And I was amazed that it was he was out by that much. I thought it'd be even closer, right? So um, with his slow delivery and slow and that little hesitation step, um, yeah, that was a big play for, for sure that he got called out. But was he only pitching from the stretch because there was a runners at first and third? So he had to kind of keep that guy on first. Is that why he did his? No, full... he was in the wind, I think. Or, I yeah, think he was. He was in the wind, but there was runners on first and third when it happened. Well, that's so it's his... weird that when there's runners on base to be in your windup. No, that he was, he that that thing he does and he comes down, he's coming, that's pitching out of the stretch. So he was in the stretch. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But he was, yeah, yeah, he was up high when they started yelling four, 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 you know, yeah. and so he but had he, to come right yeah. down. Okay. And he really, you know, they, they talked about this on the broadcast. If he'd have just fired from the mound without stepping back with his left foot first, it's a balk. And it's the a balk. Score. Yep. Oh, yeah, wow. Runs, game's tied. It might have changed everything. But he had – Yeah, it's such instinct. drilled into him because he's been doing it for years, and he has that weird delivery that if he's got to quickly get rid of the ball, his back foot has got to come off the mound, off the rubber, before he throws it. And he did it right, which you got to give him credit. And he didn't throw credit it to the back, him, yeah. which he could have easily done. So yep. Yeah. Yep. Hell of a play. I think I think Margot was doing the right thing because you had left-handed Kevin Kiermeyer against a, just a left-handed pitcher who eats him alive. It was a great call. I think it was a great attempt. And, and I read he went on his play. own too, Bill. I, you know, that wasn't a planned. Half, he's over halfway down the line at full speed already before you know be, before uh, Kershaw even begins to start to, to you know make that play to home. It's well, I thought he's going to be safe. So, yeah. you, know, you and I, I uh, at, the, at the Dodgers game, we saw in the Giants uh, or the Cubs, Cubs Giants, we saw a steal of home. Uh, yeah. Right. In that game we were at. Yeah. And that was just a straight steal uh, of just, um, it was a kid that was super quick. Um, I forget who it was, but we, you know, we're kind of watching him on third and all of a sudden he just takes off and, you know, slides in almost with no tag. It was great. So, Mal, your thoughts? Uh, you, I'm sure on the ride back, you were uh, scrolling through some Tampa news articles and sports pages what's the uh, thought on probably nice to have a, a, a night off tonight to to get ready for tomorrow night i think that's the, the the thought here it's a good thing we have a night off maybe their bats will cool off a little bit uh they're, they're a good hitting team uh and kershaw has has really shut them down the two times that he's pitched against them hasn't he He's, you got to out hit the Dodgers. They're they're not going to cool off. Yeah. You just have to out hit them. All right. So, who's the um, pitching matchup done? tomorrow night? What's that? Who's the pitch, pitching matchup? Same one from game. Uh, Walker three, Bueller, which is Gosselin. Yeah, no. Bueller and Snell. <laughs> well, that's Bueller. Is Bueller going for sure on game six? 
Gosselin and Snell. Yeah, Gosselin and Snell, right? Yeah, okay. so he'll, he or was Gunselin, a, Gunselin and he, Snell, yeah. He was an opener last time. He only pitched an inning in the third, and they went to the bullpen. So I don't know if Dave Roberts planned on doing the same thing, going with an opener style thing and then working through the bullpen, uh, saving Bueller for a potential game seven. Uh, but, you know, you got to love the chances of Snell repeating what he did. And I think Charlie Morton in game seven, if they can somehow get by tomorrow, <laughs> sure. all bets are off. It could, it could happen. So, yep. Well, you know, Dodgers are the home team tomorrow night. So Rays, you know, jump on them early. Uh, like the Dodgers have done a couple times to the, to the race. So we'll see what happens. That's tomorrow night. Um, hey, Braves are up three, one. That's all I got to say. So one of the great reactions in game four though, was Dave Roberts. Mm. <laughs> when they put the, when they put the camera on him, his eyes were big. He had his mask on and he slams the thing and he turns away. Cause he probably knew the camera was on. He couldn't believe what he saw the reaction that he had to the, the fumble in the outfield, the throw, the ball going the wrong way, the guy falling down. His he was like his eyes were like as big as his head. And then he's and it was it was moment, very little leagueish. It was very little yeah. leagueish to boot the ball in the outfield. You know, he hit the cutoff man, but the cutoff man, you know, rifled that, and the catcher just swipe tagged and just missed the ball. You know, and the umpire was right on it. It was a. You, you know what I love about baseball, Anthony, and you, you remind me of that is, and Dave Rob, Roberts was a second baseman, I think, for the Padres, maybe the for a few teams. Yeah. yeah, Dodgers, whatever. But it always amazes me. Um, if you look at the classic walk-off wins, how the offense is so celebrating, but the defenders to a man are always so stoic walking off, right? There's mm-hmm. never, usually never, Dave Roberts probably did what every guy what Seeger wanted to do, um, you know, what Muncie wanted to do out there, but they just walk back to the dugout. Just, you know, that's, it's baseball, right? Just crazy stuff happens. So. All right, let's talk a little college football boys. Um, the big Ten's back Ohio state rolls. Um, I said it in the opener, IU over Penn state. I use wow. first win against the top 10 program. I believe it's 40, almost, uh, 40, 40 attempts. Um, they went on kind of a, uh, you know, it was a reviewed two-point conversion. It was re- ruled a good play on the field. It wasn't overturned. It was confirmed. Um, you know, first of all, you know, the, the way they got to overtime was interesting because Penn State got a first down with less than a minute left. The kid was wide open. He ran to the goal line, stepped in, and then realized, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have gone in and tried to step back out. But he'd already stepped in. They got the extra point. Left enough time on the clock. Indiana scores, gets a two-point conversion to send it to overtime. Penn State scores. Indiana scores. Does obviously looking back now the right thing, Todd, going for two at home against the, the favorite. They get it on a kind of an incredible stretch play to the pylon. Um, Wisconsin wins big, and you know, in a, in what will be a big win, perhaps in an eight-game season. Um, Michigan um, mm. beats Minnesota in a big game where Minnesota is trying to come back off last year's, you know, successes with PJ Fleck, a uh, couple other things. And then we'll talk, Todd, you probably had your eye on a football a little more than we did. Uh, Clemson wins big. Dabo got really defensive in his press conference wearing his pink suit. Did you see that? Um, you know, they went big. They went 47, 21 over, over Syracuse. Remember Syracuse, Bob Bill. Um, yeah. Uh, the, it was a close game. And then they scored, I think 21 points in the fourth quarter to kind of blow them out. 
And Dabo got really defensive when someone says, you know, coach, why is the team struggling so much? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, am I the right press conference? Am I just, we won, right? I just want to make sure we, we won. What are we talking about? You know, the team struggling for, you know, we won by three touchdowns and it was just, you know, I guess that's his card now, you know, we're number one and we're the underdog, you know, it's kind of the Lou Holtz, except without the lisp and the, and the Navy's the best team in the world. And you gotta, gotta be prepared. Um, that's so we'll see. He's he, he, that's his, that's Dabo being Dabo, right? It is. Uh, I think so. I remember when he won the national championship, he spent a press conference, um, you know, talking about how no one believed in us. And we talked about it then saying you won celebrate. Right. Yeah. So he, he likes to chip on the shoulder. Like, uh, roll tide roll. Uh, big, big news Oof. in that game. Jalen Waddle goes out with a season yeah. ending broken ankle. We happened to flip it on right at the beginning. Uh, we For saw sure. it happen and uh, wow. Um, tough loss for a great player. Uh, you know, you, you hate to see it when the Dak Prescott's and the Jalen Waddles go out with, with big injuries like that, but they win big. Uh, Tennessee, that's their third loss in a row, Todd, after jumping up into the teens in, in the rankings and everybody's saying, oh, Tennessee's back. And then they lose to Georgia, lose to Kentucky, get blown out, you know, and uh, who knows? Tough, tough sled in the I, SEC. I think, right? I, I think I see a tear falling from your eye sean just sorry they I, I just don't seem laugh. quite they don't seem quite ready right they just don't seem yeah. quite ready i yeah. agree uh, notre dame shows up big I, we questioned them last week whether they deserve a number three ranking they quickly fell back after ohio state's big win uh, oklahoma state keeps winning big big showdown for them next week against texas to for them to sort of take control of the big 12 and shout out to our buddy scott Euler again well, Anthony and, and Bill were watching the World Series, Scott was a very um, frenetic, what's, what's, what's the right word, Bill? A animated. Animated, animated fan watching his UC Bearcats, his top 10 ranked oh, wow. UC Bearcats with a big win they did okay. SMU. Yeah. He, does uh, not, he does not sit still during a football Doesn't game. sit still, moves around. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Bill will watch the Rays and he'll talk to the umpires and the reviews while he's checking his emails and he'll just talk like no big deal and you know but scott like jumps up walks around gets some food comes back sits down <laughs> watches the play uh <laughs> didn't sit in the same position i think for any two plays um i love it that's awesome Todd, what had what had your eye on saturday any specific game going back to that indiana um game um i i'm a big uh Basher of replay, but I think replay got it right. Live time, it looks like he got it. When you slow it down frame by frame, the question was, did the quarterback, the ball touch the ground before it crossed the plane? And he really couldn't tell. So, um, <clears throat> but watching it live, that two-point conversion over time was absolutely a brilliant play. And um, so congrats to, uh, uh, to IU for sure, um, Indiana. So, Rutgers upset Michigan State. That's uh, you know that's kind of a big deal, right? So that's that's um, that's pretty cool. I'm just scrolling down real quick. Uh, Florida State got trounced by Louisville after they finally broke through last week against UNC, and I go, wow, maybe maybe they're going to make a, a good season of it. Um, yikes! UCF rebounded, beat beat Tulane. Um, yeah, just a fun week again. I mentioned before Tennessee's not quite ready, unfortunately um, for them um three straight losses they'll they'll get it together when we play them down the road i imagine um 
So, and Miami's, you know, squeaked by uh, Virginia. So again, business as usual in college football. It's just kind of a wonky, weird season, um, but it is what it is, and, and, and I love it. So it's all good. Next week, uh, some good games coming for sure, right? Yeah, next week, the Gators return. Uh, two weeks off. It's, be- it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while, Todd. It's going to be, you know, you hope that the development of the defense and the offense is still clicking. You hope it's not back to kind of a week one, missed tackles and people being out of place. You know, you've had two weeks to – I think they've been able to practice in some form or fashion, right? It's not like they were quarantined in their, in their dorm rooms. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of zoom calls for, you know, I I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. That's sorry. Seven 30 game. And that's on sec network alternate. Alternate. Yeah. So you got to find it. You got to work hard to, you you got to, you got to, yeah. Memphis plays at UC. uh, So that's a a high powered offense coming in against a pretty solid Cincinnati team that we got a chance. I think Bill and Al and I watched a little more Cincinnati than we probably ever watched in recent years. Um, Let me me ask you a question with regard to the current rankings. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati are both 4-0. Ohio State beats what I think is a pretty weak Nebraska team pretty handily, and they're 1-0, and already they're they're third in in the AP rankings. Is that – am I missing something? Are they that good? Are they there on their reputation? Do Cincinnati and Oklahoma State – with COVID, with COVID and them not playing, they're getting it's like preseason ranking meets teams that have played four and five games, right? So I think Sean alluded to Ohio State is that good. Um, it's not a slam against Cincinnati or anyone else, but um, I'm surprised they're not higher than three. I mean that yeah. that team's legit. Really? They got an eight game schedule. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 really super. Yeah, I good. think I think I think they probably are where they deservedly belong. We've seen Clemson and Alabama. You know, the right. last time we saw right. Ohio State, they lost to Clemson, um, you know, who went on to the championship game last year. So, you know, you're going partly on name. You're going partly on the jersey and tradition and things like that. But I think they will, you know, clearly I think when you look at body of work, which isn't a lot, you ha- you can argue Notre Dame, you can argue Georgia. You know, look, Georgia's ahead of Oklahoma State and Cincinnati, and they've lost again. Right. To Alabama, so, yeah. I think Ohio State's in a good spot. I think maybe Penn State maybe was a little overrated, or maybe Penn State or Indiana was underrated because now they're they're at seventeen, so they jumped right up. And um, well, guess what? Ohio State plays Penn State this week, right? Yeah, plays at so, Penn State in the Happy dust Valley. will settle after that. Yeah, dust will settle yeah. after. So that. we'll see. Sure. Ohio State will go in there. You know, listen, I got to think Happy Valley, and the shoe looked weird with no fans in it. And Happy Valley at night is not really a whiteout, you know, when it's just the stands. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that one shakes out. Uh, but I think Ohio State's really good. I think they're yeah. really good. Um, so we'll see. Um, what, a couple other games this weekend, Todd. Uh, Michigan State plays Michigan. Michigan Oof. State's kind of had their number, but I think this is the year that, that Harbaugh's going to do whatever he can to, to leave no doubt. that they're. You want to guess that, that spread, Sean? You want to guess that spread? Uh, <laughs> uh, 13 and a half. Oof. Uh-oh. You're, you're usually good. It's minus 26, Michigan. Oh! That's how big, oh, that's God, how big the spread up. is. Yeah. That's a big number. Yeah, that's, that's a big, a big number. number. I, yep. I'll take Michigan on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Texas, Oklahoma State, as I stated. Arkansas at Texas A&M. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a put up or show up for, I think, both teams. 
both teams. Mm. Um, I think Texas A&M, you know, wants to beat their chest and say we're back. And it was just Alabama that beat us. And, and they, there's, their schedule is set up that, that, you know, I don't think Bama's going to fall twice, but you know, they could get that back door into a, I don't even know if we're doing bowls, you know, we'll see yeah, we about that later, but, sure. um, and then uh, Ohio state Penn state, as we talked about. So let's jump to the NFL guys. I want to hit this week and then we'll, we'll look ahead. Um, Eagles win on Thursday night and somehow end, end up the weekend as NFC East leaders at two, four and one. Um, NFC East is weird. Steelers remain undefeated in a game that they were handily beating Tennessee uh, but hung on to win 27-24. Tennessee made a comeback there. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to skip the Lions. It, I mean, Atlanta's finding ways to, to lose now. Yeah. It just has to just be hard to watch, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Todd, Todd Gurley, um, <laughs> he tried to do the same thing. I don't know if you watched the replay, but uh, – Did he try to get it, down? He tried to get down and the ball crossed the plane. So they had to call it a touchdown. Like he was, by the time he realized he like stumbled and then went down and the ball crossed the plane. And then credit to Matthew Stafford. He had barely any time in the world and drove down the field and, and, uh, and, and, and beat it. You know, it, it's fine. This is one of those years, right? They're one in five. Um, and the Lions are three and three. So, I mean, watch out for the yeah. Lions. They're not, yeah. they're not out. And depending on what Chicago does tonight, they're, they could be right there in it. Uh, I believe they've only, they've, I don't even think they've played anyone in their division yet. Who's that? The Lions. The Lions? I can, I can check that. Yeah, check, check that. Cause I, they might be, just check their against division records. I, I don't remember them playing Green Bay, Chicago, or Minnesota. Um, uh, Baker so they played. They got Saints, Jags, Falcons. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they played anyone in conference. So they still kind of so. control their own destiny in the or in division. I'm sorry. Yeah, NFC North. Yeah, um, yep. Baker Mayfield outduels Joe Burrow. Baker throws five touchdowns, uh, but the Browns lose OBJ. Uh, Joe Burrow, another impressive game: 35 of 47, 407 yards, um, He's doing three well. touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, that that game was a back and forth. You know, you score, we score, you score, we score. Um, Cowboys get crushed by the Washington football team mm. and lose the red rifle. Uh, I don't know who, I don't know who they bring in next. Right. Oh yeah. yeah uh, who was, was Nathan, Nathan Peterman's backup in college. Yeah. He said <laughs> That's what I heard today. <laughs> wow. Really? So someone yeah. from Tennessee. Not good. Yeah. They're yes. shopping for a QB to sign. I'm sure. Uh, well, Jameis is Jameis not, is he, is he, he signed somewhere? He's with he's Atlanta. He's with he's the Falcons. Is he? Is he? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know Atlanta that. Maybe yeah. could Atlanta maybe try and make some trades for next season? And this guy named Colin Kaepernick floating around looking for a job. Yeah, sign him. This is with New Orleans, isn't he? I mean, oh, sorry, New Orleans. Yeah. I was about to say, I didn't. I, that NFC was nice South. to me. I was like NFC wow. South. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I didn't know that. Thank, thank um, you, Anthony. Hey, here's another team that's playing pretty good right now. Buccaneers roll. Um, they're finding their way, right? Yeah. Tom Brady goes 33 of 45, 369 yards with four TDs. And they have a new receiver, uh, Mal, coming in. Yeah, 18 touchdowns, four picks this year. Antonio Brown signed yeah. by the Antonio Buccaneers. Brown signs with the Buccaneers. And what, what he's going to be in next week's lineup? He is. And uh, uh, the coach Let me ask you a question. out of the year, he wasn't going to happen. And Does this maybe help Tom Brady Mike gets his way? Does this maybe help Mike Evans finally get the ball? I mean, Mike Evans has been 
Hell yes. It I got to think this opens up Mike Evans to have a huge he's, second part of the year. He's the, you know, mm -hmm. we, we heard this today. He, he's a deep threat. You got Antonio Brown running stuff with Chris Godwin and who knows what they're going to do with Gronkowski and Brayton. They got all these guys, you know, that, I mean, the offense and Leonard Fournette in the backfield and the number one defense in football right now. Number one defense in the NFL is the Bucs. Yeah. Uh, pretty impressive. Ooh. Looking good. Um, 49ers crush New England. Wow. There's problems in, in uh, New England, Cam's, right? You see Cam's QBR? Mm. 10? I think it was, was 3.2. Oof. <laughs> wow. Yikes. He got benched. He got benched. He did. Yeah. He did. And I liked it what he really, what he said. He said, "If I keep playing this way, I deserve to be benched." So, the humble cam, right? A realistic cam. So. Hey, another um, another pretty impressive rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert leads the Chargers. Granted, he played it. You know, they played against the Jags, but he goes twenty-seven of forty-three. So not as good of a pass completion as Burrow, but throws for three forty-seven and another three touchdowns. Um, I believe he, that's his twelfth touchdown of the year. Is that right? I think. Yeah, go go Ducks. Burrow has nine, and I think um, Herbert has three. And then let's talk about the late game. Arizona over Seattle. Uh, knocks Seattle from the unbeatens, leaving Pittsburgh as the only unbeaten. Uh, Mal and I stayed up and watched that one after baseball ended. Um, Kyler Murray, man, a lot of doubters, but he's making you – know, are, that, that, are there a lot that, of doubters? Is that just a, a Sean Carpenter chip on your shoulder? I, I think I think people I, like I wasn't, Kyler Murray, right? I wasn't for him and I wasn't against him. I'm just saying there was a lot of people wondering what there's no way this guy can be the number one pick. He should go play baseball. Okay. Um, I got you. You know, I, I was I think he's played pretty well this year, right? Oh, he's played he's played great since he got there. He played great at Oklahoma. I just think, you know, people a lot of people uh, question is he's big enough? Is he, you know, is this gonna work in the NFL? And I think I misunderstood your your sentence. My, yeah. my mistake. I yeah. you. Well, he, um, he, he played against the guy he is compared to all the time, right? Russell Wilson. Yeah. Undersized, quick, you know, and um, and Kyler's a lot quicker than Russell probably ever was. So uh, it's it's it, Cardinals have some fun. And Christian Kirk, I throw a, a little hats off to Christian Kirk of uh, Saguaro. He's a local boy in Phoenix, played in Scottsdale, and uh, ends up. He got signed by the, he drafted by the Patriots, but he's now back playing in his hometown, which has got to be just super cool. And had a great touchdown uh, last night. Meanwhile, how often has a Russell, Russell Wilson, Seattle-led team being up 10 points with three minutes to go find, their, find a loss? I mean, that's amazing, right? And they had a chance in overtime, uh, and then the Arizona defense stepped up. Arizona yeah. goes down, and, you know, Mal and I were a little bit, bit questioning the – they get into field goal range. They try and kick it with, you know, on second down, almost outthinking themselves. And the and the guy who just put him into overtime sails it left mm. after the timeout and like that. And then Russell throws just a really bad pass. I mean, the interception was I don't know if he didn't. I mean, the the the, the linebacker who came from Clemson he made a great play. I mean, Mal and I mm. both kind of jumped up off the couch at his instinct because they had everyone up on the line and all three linebackers fell back into coverage. And I don't know if Russell just didn't see him, but man, it was just a bad throw behind his receiver. The linebacker makes a great catch. They go down and kick the extra point. And um, NFC West, man, because I think a lot of people threw dirt on 49ers thinking they were done. Um, they're still alive. Rams are leading tonight. Seahawks are five and one. Uh, you know, 
Three uh, three picks for Russell Wilson. Very un-Russell Wilson-like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Packers bounce back too, right? Packers bounce back loss. big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Packers bounce back big. So next week, uh, Todd, this this is interesting. When was the last time the Buffalo Bills were a favorite over New England, in Buffalo or in New England? Um, <laughs> but that's a big game 18, for them. That's 18, 90, 18, 90. Yeah, nobody circles the wagons like the wagons. Buffalo Bills. Um, listen, this is a game they have to win. They cannot have a laydown game against a, you know, what's, what's proven to be a, not maybe a very good New England team. And by the way, I don't know if we talked about the Bills. They, they had six field goals this last day. They did not get in the end zone. Um, so what was it? 18 points was all. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that was their dud game and they, and they let it rip versus the Patriots, right? Anthony, what do we hear today about that game? Um, uh, something odd like it never happened before in nfl history uh i don't remember oh um no no team has ever um never punted in a game yet never scored a touchdown right they no punts no touchdowns wow never happened before yeah <laughs> no punts no touchdowns hey wow. the, anthony monday night november 2nd our tampa bay buccaneers travel up to the hapless new york giants <laughs> they're playing in the meadowlands Sean, so Sean, I want both of you to guess the spread. First, first uh, Anthony, then Sean. Guess the spread? Yeah. It's got to be 14 and a half points. Okay. I, I'm looking at the board of next week's games. I'm not looking at the spread. I'm just looking at the ESPN okay. lineup. I'm, yeah. I, I'm just going to guess, before I guess the line, I'm going to say it's not even the highest line of the week. Uh, I, let me tell you. I, that, that Kansas um, City yeah. line has oh, to be tw oh. 20 points. 20 and a half. It's 19 and a half, Sean. Sean's back. He's God just, dang. Hey. Three touchdowns almost in the NFL. Yeah. All right, so the, the Buccaneers, Giants. Right. What'd you say about 14 and a half? Yeah. I'll say 16 and a half. Oh, it's 11. So wow. lower. Okay. The only, so, you know, they're on the road. Maybe three it's scores. Cool. Yeah, three scores. That makes sense. By the way, 11's huge in the NFL. 11-point <laughs> spread is yes, huge. Is. Yeah, double digits is it's unheard a nice of. Suckers. It's yeah, a, it's so you got, three, uh, you got two spread. games next week in the double digits. Yeah. Um, wow. wow. I mean, Jets, Chiefs, that, that's going to be – that's just going to be embarrassing. The only way that that gets close is if they just pull a bunch of players and let it, let it get close, yeah. you know, at the end. Garbage time. Man. Yeah, you got to wonder, like – when the CBS Sports assigns like you that game, you know you're on the bottom of the totem pole when you get that game. <laughs> hey, you're, you're calling the Chiefs, right? That's how you look at it. We're calling the Chiefs. And how about that? How about that Sunday night game? You got to think Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are thrilled about that one. Oh, Dallas, my. Philadelphia. Cheapers. Oh wow. Hey, it's a important division matchup, right? <laughs> I mean, it is a huge matchup because yeah. <laughs> some teams probably going to get in it. Seven and nine and a half game of 500 at three, four, and one. <laughs> you know, it, it the Eagles caught it for going for the tie against the uh, Cincinnati early in the season. That hat that tie may win them the division, yeah. At 500. It could turn out to be a stroke of genius by their coach, yeah. Doug Peterson just saving his place in Canton. <laughs> <laughs> Another great game next week, Sean, is the Steelers and the Ravens. It's always a great matchup. And, yes. Uh, the Ravens would love to knock them off the undefeated ranks. 
the only team left. That should be it's a in great Baltimore, game. Sean. What's the line? Early line. Baltimore two and a half. Baltimore three. Are they and giving half. or they're giving no. or three and a half? Yeah. Yeah, they're, three, yeah. they're giving three and a half. Raiders at Browns. A lot of every a lot of good games, right? Good yeah. Games, yeah. Good. Yeah, that could like David Carr and, and um and cart and uh Baker Mayfield. That could be a fun game to watch. A lot of a lot of good young players in that game. Um Heck so, yeah. yeah, some good good games to watch. And then obviously see it San Francisco at Seattle, the late game uh became a little more important game with those teams wins and losses um divisional and uh you know san francisco can somehow steal that one seattle's defense is struggling right now so and san francisco scoring some points so it'll be nice yin and yang there to see so all right guys let's call it a night let's uh let's go around the horn and see what we got uh gonna shift up the order tonight let's go bill first <laughs> thank you, you. Oh end up behind. I so appreciate that <laughs> What do you got coming up this week, Bill? You're back, back at it. Who you got on the show tomorrow, and uh, what's what's on the agenda? So tomorrow we have Gloria Frazier. Gloria is a is the broker owner at ERA American in the Destin area of Florida, um, in the Panhandle. She she opened this brokerage as an ERA operation in 1981, still going strong in 2020. So really interesting lady. I got introduced to her through Molly McKinley. Uh, and so I think, I think you'll like it a lot, Sean. She has some really good old school stories and Mal, you'll love this part. She and her husband played in a band for like 30 years. They had this, they, they, they played, they lived in Germany when they're all through their twenties and they started playing music there and she plays bass, which just, I love that, uh, and sing songs. And we talk a little bit about music with her. So it's a lot of fun that and, um, continued work getting to keep we're, we're building up the team for Rate My Agent, having a blast doing it. It's, it's a lot of work, but it's also been fun. And some pieces are starting to fall into place. So that's super exciting. Good. Now, how about you? Uh, we have a couple of closings this week. Uh, got a couple under contract while we were gone. The My Tampa Agent team continues to uh, just do great work for folks. Uh, I'm hoping that the, the turf doesn't grab... Uh, Randy Arozarena or or uh, Daniel Jones in their upcoming games, and that they can both run uninterrupted to where they want to go. Um, we didn't talk about that, did we? Wow, yeah, uh, that's, that's a terrible way to lose a football game. And uh, you know, I'm uh, come next Sunday night, my Giants versus my Bucks. I'm gonna have to sit quietly in the big black chair and just uh, hope nobody gets hurt. Uh, and it. Uh, if the Giants were to win, I guess I'd be happy. Uh, but I think Tom Brady is putting himself in the uh, in the conversation for MVP, which is kind of cool. So I'd like to see that continue. And uh, let's go race. Yeah, for sure. Todd, how about you, man? Um, I got nothing. Sean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, so am, I am weak. He's going to go last. <laughs> I, I'm little brother, aren't I? Um, Sean, I forgot to mention on, uh, on the, uh, what happened this last week, and I share with you guys, I'm a great uncle for the third time. I oh, can't that. believe. Can't believe it. Um, my sister, Tammy, who you, Sean, and Bill met, um, her son, Tad, and his wife, Marcy, um, had a, a, a bouncing baby boy. They went old school. They did not find out, which uh, upset some people. I love it. Love the I name love, too. Love the name. That, that's their yeah. third. Right? 
That's their third. Uh, their third uh, grandchild. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. yeah, Braxton and Nolan. Uh, yeah, the other two. Um, that would have been. That's my uh, third great nephew. All three boys, and uh, of course, it would have been mom and dad's third third great grandchild. And um, what we always talk about uh, is mom loved babies, so it it. it it's bittersweet because mom would have loved to have seen uh, little Leighton Allen Ewald. And uh, Leighton is spelled L-E-I-G-H. And my dad was Lee. And he always uh, was bummed out because his mom spelled his name L-E-I-G-H, the female version of Lee. Um, and he always like, my mom named me a girl's name. And I'm like, ah, you're Lee. No one knows. Who cares, right? So awesome. I think that uh, Tad and Marcy did a, a nice tribute to uh, Leighton, which is spelled again L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N. And Alan is Marcy's grandfather's. It's a tribute to her grandfather. So great job in, uh, in having a, a name that um, uh, pays tribute to, to their grand, grandfather. So very cool, very happy. Um, I sent you all the picture. Yeah. I'm going to say it here. Babies are either cute or adorable. This baby's adorable, right? I mean, just a good looking baby. There's some babies that, remember the old Seinfeld, right? Oh, yeah. it's breathtaking. Some babies are breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish them well. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a great uncle again, figurative, figuratively and literally I'm a great uncle. So awesome. What about you, Sean? Uh, hey, back at it. Uh, got a busy week this week, guys. I got a, sh a show a house tomorrow. Uh, two sessions, a uh, session with an ERA company out of Everett, Washington uh, tomorrow, helping them build a better buyer. Um, then I got to show a condo. Then I'm doing uh, lost lyrics, Bill and Anthony for our buddy, uh, Sam DeBoard as part of their Reso conference. Uh, nice. So get in front of some, some uh, people there. Uh, I do a double session for Cole Banker Weir Manual uh, Wednesday, more, Wednesday afternoon, and then I do a late night Thursday evening for some of their people that uh, need some after hours. By the way, I listened on the last part of my journey today, Todd. Um, Robin reached out to me from Weir Manual. They were looking for another speaker. I gave him the name of our friend Pete Blank. Pete nice. did an amazing session for them today on leadership and Disney. Um, so that was a little shout out to him. And then I have a session for USA Mortgage, a webinar for them on Thursday. Uh, still doing the how to keep in touch when you shouldn't be touching bill. Um, so nice. that's a, a good wheelhouse yeah. one. And uh, excited to get back on some bent grass greens and uh, some no slopes. <laughs> and uh, we'll, see, we'll see how, see if I can, can, can get back to the home course and not be as intimidated on the some of the approach shots as I was this weekend, but listen, it was a great weekend. Uh, good seeing you guys again, as always. Uh, thanks for listening to the stare down.